Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, just quickly, before we jump into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. Now, this is a 12-month online program where you have video training that teaches you everything you need to know about how to do your own PR. You can ask questions on the platform and you can also post your proposed pitches and media releases before sending them to journalists to get my feedback. You also get to jump on a monthly live group call where you can ask whatever questions you want about your business and you can get tailored help from me on anything to do with raising the profile of your brand. So it might be that I look at your website and give you some feedback or how to improve your LinkedIn profile and other marketing and PR topics. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just hop on over to veganbusinessmedia.com and you'll see a link there for Vegans in the Limelight. And now on to the main part of the show. In this episode, I interview Claire Smith, co-founder of humane investment platform Beyond Investing in Switzerland. Claire is a vegan and environmentalist with 34 years experience in finance and investment at top-tier banks and investment houses, including UBS and Alban Partners. She's carried out bespoke hedge fund research, as well as worked as a derivatives broker, marketer and structurer and credit analyst. Beyond Investing creates investment programs designed for animal advocates and climate-conscious investors in both public-listed equity markets and venture capital. The company created the US Vegan Climate Index, a stock index which screens out all animal exploitation and fossil fuel use from a US market benchmark and is the sponsor of the US Vegan Climate Exchange Traded Fund, which launched on the New York Stock Exchange recently. Claire is also an investor in vegan and plant-based businesses and the co-founder of the Beyond Animal Integrated Digital Platform, which aims to accelerate the growth of the global vegan economy. In this episode, Claire talks about how and why she and her team at Beyond Investing created the US Vegan Climate Index and ETF, how well ethical investments do overall compared to non-ethical ones in terms of people getting a good return on their investment, the three criteria she looks for when considering whether to invest in a vegan brand, how the Beyond Animal platform will help to drive the vegan economy, how the finance industry perceives veganism and how this has changed over the years, and much more. Here's the interview with Claire Smith from Beyond Investing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's very good to be with you, Katrina. 
very interested in talking to you because you've got such an interesting background coming from uh, the finance industry. Um, but one of the first things I, I ask everyone is, what's their why? So, and, and I suppose this will tie into your journey through your finance career. But what's your why behind what you're doing? You're doing some amazing things with Beyond Investing, uh, Beyond Impact, Beyond Animal, which we'll dig into. But tell us a, a little bit, uh, first of all, about why you do what you do. Okay, um, well, why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because what I'm trying to do is to tie my investment, my business experience into something that's been a, a, a deep conviction of mine for, for many years, for all my adult life, which is uh, around the, the treatment of, uh, of animals. Um, being vegetarian since I was 15 for 20 years and then turning vegan and being mainly vegan for the last 20 years again, let's say, so 40 years. Wow. Um, it, uh, it, it's it's <laughs> <That's> something awesome. <laughs> we just pause there and do a wow because that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but it, it is something that's just been a constant in, in my life and something that uh, obviously, you know, through many of that, quite a long period of, of time, it's really only recently that, that the, the numbers of people, vegetarian or vegan, that have been in, in increasing, um, and particularly veganism, which was seen, which felt very strange. Um, you know, several years ago. So um, that's that's something that 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 that's, that has basically accompanied me throughout all that time. Um, environmentalism as well, and I, I just feel very lucky now to be able to 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 work in that space and to and to put skills that I have in in the investment side um, and the um, an, uh, analysis side of businesses um, into um, in, improving the lot of animals by um, investing. In those types of businesses, which are which are creating different products, and also by creating investment products that allow people like me to to invest with that without feeling bad about their investments. Yeah, fantastic. And that's what I love. I'm, I'm loving seeing more people like you who come from a very robust business and finance background, who are also ethical vegans, and you know, yeah, being able to transfer your skills. So. In terms of being in the finance industry, because, you know, obviously, you know, the finance industry can has its dark side as well with, you know, companies and investing in, you know, certain stocks mm -hmm. and shares, which is why you've created mm -hmm. some of the products, which we'll talk mm -hmm. to in a bit. I'm curious now then, how, um, like, how are you seen now in the finance industry? You know, because you've come mm -hmm. from this very robust, you know, industry mm -hmm. professional, obviously very well respected in what you do. And now mm -hmm. you're this out and proud vegan, um, you know, ethical investor and finance expert. I'm curious, how does how does the finance how are you seen now within the finance sector i guess i'm just curious as do they still see people like you as a bit weird or a bit radical or is there starting to be a bit of a shift well i mean i think um and this is something that an area that i've been interested in for for quite some time even um you know when i was working in in, in banks and then um left and went into into the funds industry um even in two in the year two thousand and one, I went to I put a pro proposal to a London-based fund manager for a fund which I actually called the Saints and Sinners Fund. Catchy <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> and it was basically a long short equity fund, um, which I mean, and this is within the hedge fund world. You you buy shares, but you can also sell sell shares short. And it was based, and I was a reader of the Ecologist magazine at the time. Um, and it was based around the whole kind of concept of, of buying stocks on ethical considerations and shorting other stocks on sort of, again, on ethical considerations, obviously the, the kind of the best and the worst, let's say. 
um, and, and playing that as a, as a theme. Um, so it, it was something that, that I had an interest in for some time, and it was really just a question of how, how I could build that into my, um, you know, my day-to-day my -day, uh, work. It, it proved to be impossible within the, um, within the company that I was working with up to, up to fairly recently to, to bring that in um, into my into my job in, in to this to extent that I really wanted to I really wanted to work full time on on that um, and because of my thoughts and as I said this sort of slightly entrepreneurial idea in in two thousand and one which was clearly you know maybe twenty years ahead of its time um, you know it was it was something that I had in, in in the back of my mind that I wanted to do how am I how am I um, perceived I think when I talk about things like the beyond impact and especially that in that that word of impact I think that has a that has a perception in some people's minds of accepting sort of sub you know sub market returns or or, or you know trade-offs between the impact that you're having and and the um and uh, and the returns that you're getting from from the investments and I, I just want to be very, very clear on this. I haven't just sort of just thrown away all of, you know, 30 odd years of training in the financial markets to, to start making sort of philanthropic type, um, you know, with no expectation of, of return. Um, the, the, what is really interesting about what's happening at this point in time is, is that the societal ships are creating some of the, are creating the demand for the products, which is then, Obviously, um, uh, supporting um, the returns, a for for the um, impact investments that I'm making, which are all about sort of animal replacement and, and vegan, you know, new vegan brands, new vegan products, making veganism much more accessible to people, um, or in in, their, in terms of their consumption, but also in in terms of the um, you know the uh, the the in beyond investing. Um, which uh, which is based more, and so certainly in terms of the large cap around exclusions. Um, so, um, I, you know, I firmly believe that this is the right way to invest for the planet, for um, you know, for our, 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 for returns as as, as well. Um, and so, to the extent that anybody in the in the finance um, area looks at me a little askance, I feel as if they're missing something or they're not realizing the impacts that the changes in the planet and the changes in people's um, beliefs and, and, and the way that they want to consume, etc., are actually going to affect the companies in their portfolios. That they need to wake up to that. That they're actually, you know, ignoring a quite major risk. For sure. How well, just on that, seeing as you brought that up, how well do ethical investments do overall compared with non-ethical ones? Because I, I think that's an interesting one. It's like you just said, you're not just doing this solely out of philanthropy. You know, you, you've, you've got to have a return on investment. And as well, people who invest, you know, they might be the most ethical vegans in the world, but they still mm -hmm. want a return on their investment as well as doing good. So uh, talk to us a little bit about how ethical investments are doing in terms of ROI. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, there are some, I haven't got the research numbers in, in, in front of me, but the, the research has, has that this was, a, this was something that people were concerned about, I would say, maybe even 10 years ago, and the research hadn't, hadn't been done, that there was this perception of if you take certain stocks out of your portfolio, or you're not purely looking at the financials, then you, you will be underperforming. Um, the, 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 the evidence is in on that that the sustainable funds do perform at least as well as the let's say not say unsustainable funds but the ones that don't 
um, bring uh, bring those um, sorts of uh, tenets into into their investments. And 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 I think I go back to um, some some of the things I was saying before about uh, about uh, the, the risks because. Um, what makes a what makes a company sustainable or unsustainable is a lot to do with things like the externalities, and we see examples say in the tobacco industry. We see it in the meat industry, where companies now are having to um, take on board those externalities either through regulation or by, by being sued, frankly, mm. um, as we saw with uh, with uh, some pork producers in in the US. So. Um, that those types of, of risks need to be priced into into those stocks. To the extent that they're not priced in, then they will they will become priced in by the the stocks uh, falling. To the extent that governance as well is very important. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, do they need to be independent directors? Do then does there need to be diversity on the on the board?" Um, what we've what the research has found is the extent that there is poor governance. It does create some very suboptimal um, um, decisions um, by by management, um, and uh, and the you know and the shares suffer as, as a result. Um, I mean, VW, for example, was a very um, uh, obvious example of, of that of poor, poor governance at the top of the of the of the company, and uh, and, and obviously that that uh, you know suffered. Um, and there was, um, yeah, so there are multiple in individual uh, instances and that, that sort of aggregates together to make it very worthwhile to be at least looking at these environmental, social and governance types of indicators. Um, even if you don't take them on board in the stock selection, I think you should be at least uh, running it through some kind of model to see that you're not, you know, you're not unwittingly betting on, on stocks that have poor Poor metrics around that because um, uh, you know this kind of thing is is really coming out into the public domain and it can undermine your your performance. For sure, for sure. So it's good to know because I think there is that there is that perception. I think like you're right when people they get excited about the new index and the new ETF which we're about to talk about coming out. And, mm. and one of the things is people go, oh yeah, I absolutely want to invest because in accordance with my ethics. But mm. am I going to lose money because you know for my retirement etc. So it's good to know so that the research is mm. saying that that these kind of funds perform at least as well as. So it, it's not a, a huge worry. So that's mm. good to know. Mm. So tell us a little bit about the the vegan uh, the US vegan climate index. So you started that last year in June. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, yes, the US Vegan Climate Index is, is one of what will be a suite of uh, indices um, across different geographies and, and global um, and within the listed equity side, um, whereas obviously our approach could be, um, could be applied to any, any type of asset essentially um, that, that's a, a corporate asset that's about what a what a company is doing potentially even even sovereigns we could we could also be looking at say the um, you know the, the the breakdown of industries within a country and apply in, in some ways the same model um, but this the essence of it really is to say if you're a vegan if you're an environmentalist if you're concerned about well about human rights as well, um, you have a philosophy of sort of zero harm and living in harmony with nature. Um, what are the kind of business activities that you would really prefer not to profit from? Because you wouldn't do them yourself. And I think there's an issue 
question really of kind of personal responsibility um, here in terms of, you know, if you would not kill an animal yourself, if you don't eat an animal yourself, if you, you know, feel conscious when you go out into the countryside that you're not dropping litter everywhere, why do you tolerate companies doing that? Why would you want to profit from companies, um, you know, spilling chemicals everywhere, let's say. So, um, so that, that, that's really the sort of ethos of, of the product. What, what it does then is it takes that list of, of uh, what are called prohibited activities um, within the prospectus um, and we screen each company to see the, the extent of their involvement in that. And we're really driving towards zero involvement. Um, we realise that we live in a society where it is commonplace, let's say, for people to eat meat. I wish it was different, but but it's, it's still the case. So we're not making exclusions, let's say, of, oh, the company cafeteria is serving meat. Because within our society, yeah. it would be that it is, it would be, fairly difficult to find any company of any size that was that was purely um you know a pure purely vegan um company um you know and had enshrined cruelty three free throughout every possible aspect of their business processes um but the business model and the reliance of the business model on 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 harming animals or the environment in some way um is is uh, is is really the, the, the core philosophy and that's what's informing our exclusion so to the extent we find this in uh, in a company's uh, um, uh, business activities then then we are we are simply excluding them um that leads us to exclude about 43 percent of the u.s market um right. across across all of our all of our different exclusions um which is which is quite quite a large amount um and uh, some people might look at the index and say, oh, but it's very tilted towards technology or some, you know, it's somewhat tilted towards uh, financials, although we are considering, for example, the financing of um, the prohibited activities. So uh, so some banks with, with high fossil fuel exposures do, do come out. But um, that's just a function of the fact that we're taking so much out from the consumer industry. I actually say the consumer sector is riddled with animal exploitation. And that's that's not that's not good, um, and and so it's it's really up to these up to these uh, companies to change and to consider what they're doing and not just sort of take it as a default that they you know that they have meat on their shelves or that they have wool in their in their um, product range or you know and it's it's really up to the, the companies to to de- determine that let's say the pharmaceutical uh, you know or, or some of these other industries that are testing on animals. Why, why do they not try and, and change the regulation in order that they don't have to test on animals? Most animal testing is, is, is fairly pointless. It can be often a question of proving that something that we already know is a dangerous thing is going to kill a certain number of animals. Oh, yes, so now we know. You know, it, it, We're just confirming something that we know. Yeah. It's, not, it's not serving any, any purpose. So um, we, we'd like companies, you know, we don't deliberately want to, you know, we're not trying to punish companies in that way. But we are, are trying to, to say to them, look, we, we're not going to be able to invest in you because of these aspects of what you're no. doing. Yeah. You have the power to change. You can change what you're doing. Yeah, it gives them an incentive. We will be encouraging them to do so. Excellent. And so in relation to that, you've now um, are about to launch, at the time of this interview, so um, you were about to launch the, the US Climate Exchange, uh, Vegan Climate Exchange Traded Fund, an ETF. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and how the that and the index work in tandem. 
Yes, well, the index, uh, we started calculating the index in June last year. Well, we'd obviously researched it and we had uh, back-tested a, um, a, a methodology for putting together that index that achieved the, the right level of diversification and, uh, and uh, made it a good proxy, let's say, a good alternative to the standard market index, you know, without, you know, adding a lot you know risks or, or or making making for some kind of bizarre behavior let's say um versus the index what we um then tracked over the last year was the 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 um you know the behavior of the index and it, it behaved as we as we anticipated it it would do um relative to to the market and that gave us the confidence as well and the the, the feedback that we got and when we created the index was very positive from people that they would like to invest according, you know, in this in this way, which was something that we kind of intuitively felt because this was something of a pain point for ourselves. I mean, I had the same issues in terms of investing my own pension, in terms of finding finding a fund product that that, uh, that would actually um, take my take my you know, thoughts about about the animals and the environment seriously. So we we embarked upon the process then of of, uh, of launching a fund. We decided to do an exchange traded fund because um, the the ETF market. I'll say ETF. It's, it's easier. Um, is is you know in the US is the largest in in the world. Um, and uh, there's a very clear kind of structure around what an ETF is. Um, it's readily available on the stock market. You don't have to go to a specific provider to buy it. Once it's on the stock market, anybody can buy it using um, their online um, platforms. Um, within, and it, but it's designed for the for it's trading within the U.S. market. So people's accessibility is dependent on their ability from their own countries to access. Um, the, uh, the 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 U.S. stock market and the ETFs, and whether there's any particular guidelines in their own country, but um, but theoretically it is it is highly accessible. Um, and the way that the ETF works is that it will basically just mirror the performance of the index because the portfolio manager who is uh, um, running the um, the underlying holdings. So a fund is a basically a collection of, of, of stock holdings. Um, he is going to be buying the each individual stock that's within the index in the same proportions. So he's trying to what is what we call in financial term. He's trying to replicate the index. So he will be buying that portfolio, and so the performance of the ETF should be very very similar, barring trading costs and obviously the management fees, um, to the the index. So there should be very small um, tracking error between between the two. And he is very very clear on the fact that he cannot go outside the list of stocks that we have quote unquote approved. Um, and, and, and so, you know, the, the, it, only the stocks that have been screened as acceptable for the index will be allowed into the ETF. Go ahead. So you mentioned that it's at the moment anyone in the US should easily be able to access it. For Europe, I believe there's, there were some issues, but you're coming out with a, a particular European product. Yes. Yes. Um, we, yeah, we have uh, we have the uh, ideas, and we have some some discussions in place with different counterparties in in Europe, in terms of the right product, uh, in terms of launching a product, the right product to to launch, both in terms of underlyings, um, as in which stocks, let's say, whether we continue with the US and just create a rep, you know, a, 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 an, an analogous 
product to the US yeah. or, or yeah. whether we look at a different um, index, um, maybe a European or a global. So we're exploring that at the moment, trying to figure out what, what is the best thing to bring to market. Certainly the easiest thing would be to, to simply create the same thing um, as the US um, and, and sell it to a European audience. Um, we think that that would, would have some appeal, but we're wondering whether there may be other products which would be more appealing to the European audience, whether they would prefer yeah. to have something in Europe first sure. um, rather than, rather than a, a, US, um, a US product. So, um, yes, yeah, so this is something that we are, we are exploring. Um, and for people like in, in countries like, say, Australia, for example, um, and other countries, then basically as long as they can trade US stocks and shares, there's no reason why they can't access the ETF. And for pension funds or superannuation, as they're called in Australia, yeah. um, you might have, people might have to just simply ask their fund to say, look, this product is available. Um, can you buy it? Because I want to uh, yeah, invest in it. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, uh, people hold their assets in different ways. Some people hold their assets directly, and they, are, you know, they they are directly trading in the market. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, depending on the local rules, you you some in some countries you can see the US ETFs, and you can you can purchase them. Um, and in in others you can't. And it's 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 you know apart from Europe, which I know. The US ETFs were removed because of the new PRIPS regulation, which came in last year. I'm not sure what the rules are on other countries, um, only to say that I'm aware that in most other countries outside the EU, it's certainly possible to see the US ETFs on online trading platforms, but we're not, we, we don't have any kind of active marketing campaign out, out there because the thing has not been registered for sale to investors in, in those markets. Yeah. Um, yeah. What uh, um, what I would say about the pensions um, providers is yes, certain people may have plans with uh, with with a pension provider, and that pension provider may have pre-selected a list of uh, of of, um, of funds that they're willing to offer on their platform. Now, because the US Vegan Climate ETF is a new product, it, it won't be on those platforms yet. But the pension provider may be open to putting it on um, it, with obviously having having looked at it and having done their own due diligence on it um, and we're very very happy to talk to any pension provider explain to them about the product um, in order to you know lay any concerns that they might have um, about you know about what what the product would be and how that how different that might be from any other product that's uh, that's on their their platform yeah. um, we, we consider it it matches up matches up very well to quite quite a number of products that are that are out that are out there Let's talk about Beyond Impact, um, which is about your investment. So you've, um, through your Beyond Impact advisory fund, you've you've invested in some vegan brands. I think off the top mm. of my head, Mink Shoes is one, Live Kindly, some others. Tell us a little bit about, because I imagine you get pitched a lot. Um, uh, tell us about what do you look for um, in a brand before deciding whether or not to invest in them? So how can a vegan brand stand out to you? What do you look for? Yeah, yeah, it's slightly terrifying how 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 much um, I'm I'm getting contacted um, these <laughs> these days. Um, and yes, Beyond Impact did start with 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 my own money, but I do have co-investors now who are investing uh, alongside me in um, in the the companies in the portfolio. And I'm pretty transparent on the por- portfolio. Um, I, I put. I put it up on my website so people want to look and see what I've made investments in for good or for good or bad. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that it's 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 up it's up there. 
Um, yes, so so if people are pitching, I, I think there are well, there are three precepts that are absolutely critical before I will even go any further with a, the, a company. Um, and the three S's are superior, scalable, and sustainable. Superior, now, scalable, and sustainable. Okay. Yeah. Now, the superior is that the product must be a superior product. Now, that, that might sort of go, oh, but how can a vegan product be superior? Well, it, 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 has, to, it has to at least try and attract people to be vegan. It has to encourage people to switch from, you know, the things that they've maybe eaten throughout their entire life to eat this, this thing, um, this new, new product. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, thanks to some food tech uh, and, and, and certainly, you know, some development in terms of technology, recipes certainly, and, uh, and sort of mechanical processes that people are using, um, flavorings, the, 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 the products that are coming out now are dramatically better than any mm-hmm. vegan product was 10 years ago. I mean, I I think everybody would acknowledge that. And so some of the companies that I've invested in are are, are developing these products, already have them out in in the market. And there is also massive potential for growth. So some of the the things that I've invested in are are rather more in the ingredient space or in in the technology to create um, uh, new products. So one company, for example, is a specialist in microalgae. uh, I've got a couple of uh, companies that are doing uh, something called precision fermentation where yeast is engineered to create proteins and these proteins are biosimilar to animal proteins or exactly the same mm-hmm. essentially um, as some animal proteins or could be better. So they could be a, design, a molecule that's been designed to, to actually be an improvement on an animal protein. So they have the potential to, to be dropped into um, and used in an analogous way to to existing meat, dairy, egg type um, use cases, uh, or even leather. I mean, one is collagen, and it can actually be sort of spread out onto a surface and could be a, a leather um, substitute. Um, and, and so that that's that superiorness of the of the of the superiority, let's say, is is coming from from the the process, but also you know the the use cases. Um, the, the scalability is that the the you know the uh, it's important from a revenue perspective and there it comes back to the whole financial background of what could be the growth of this uh, of this company but also it's super, it's really important from an animal perspective so even let's say um, a, a less sort of food techie um, process one of the the companies which is on my uh, website ocean hover foods oh, they're making yeah the sushi substitutes from from just ordinary vegetables, um, tomatoes, carrots, aubergines, not something that needs to, you know, some massive switch in farming to produce this thing or it needs to be created in a vat or whatever. So that's very scalable um, and and is, you know, is going out into into food distribution in the US and Canada and and hopefully will be in Europe soon. Um, So that's scalable is super important for returns and for the, 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 the animals and the sustainability obviously we, we don't want to swap one problem for for another so in in that situation I might point to something like the mighty society which is a pea milk manufacturer that I've uh, invested in a pea milk brand um, and they are sourcing their peas from Europe um, and um, 
the, the, the environmental footprint of, of peas is far, far lower than things like almonds for, for a start. And also, it doesn't have to be transported long distances. Quite a number, uh, a number of people using almonds in Europe are transporting those almonds actually from California. They don't find that the southern European almonds have the right flavor. And so you've got all of the water utilization of almonds, plus you've got the transportation costs versus the much lower environmental footprint of, of peas and of course it's dramatically lower both are probably yeah. dramatically lower than dairy for a start but um so you know optimizing the portfolio towards what what you know what i would hope to be the most sustainable alternatives within within this within this space as, as well got it fantastic no, i love that so i can imagine there's still a lot of brands that might hit all of those three criteria, but you've still got to mm. choose which ones to to pick. So, I mean, is there an example of that you can give us of perhaps one or two of your most successful investments and why they've been successful? And even if you're willing to share without naming any names, perhaps some that may not have been quite so successful and why that is. Like, I'm just trying to see what the differentiator yeah. is between, because obviously I can imagine there's lots of brands that could say, yes, we tick all mm. those boxes. So what's that extra factor because it's a risk for you at the end of the day as an investor even though these are great ethical and sustainable brands it's still Mm. a risk for you putting your money in these companies and in these businesses so what is it that that you look for that's that extra that you think yeah this company is going to succeed more than perhaps this company that's maybe doing something similar okay right um the well, I mean, the, the criteria aside from those three precepts are, are, are really to go much more into into the detail of, of the company's management, the company's product, the company's strategy, what their market is, um, their their um, how they're going to address that, that that market, what contacts they have already to get into that market if they already have experience in in that that area, rather than just being a sort of um, let's say enthusiastic amateur. Let's let's say. Um, I mean, in the food tech side of things and, and, and the more biotech area, you obviously, you know, you need to have a roster of sort of PhDs or, or uh, you know, existing sort of researchers in, in, in that group and people that have, you know, proven what they're, they're worth. Maybe they already have patents um, or have access to, to a patent portfolio. So it's, um, it's, it's all of the, the, the financial analysis combined with, really understanding why their product is superior, how they're going to defend that superiority and and and, and monetize it, you know, and get yes. the product out mm-hmm. into, into the market so that, uh, you know, so that the, the, the returns are there. So it's, it's quite a high bar. I would say it is pretty, pretty high bar. I don't see um, that it does the animals any good at all for me to invest in a business that fails. Mm. Exactly. That exactly. just... Yeah. yeah, that's just throwing my money, uh, you know, throwing throwing money away to to, you know, so you know that many many people come to me with with as I said, you know, quite a lot of enthusiasm and they they de- genuinely want to do the right thing and they think that they they they've come up with something which is a good idea, but you know, if if through through my experience, I've I've seen other people try and fail in and and if I look at the person, I and I can't see what it is about their business plan or their strategy that is going to make it any different from there for them. There's a number of people that come to me that have come to me over, over time with uh, marketplace type concepts, e-commerce type concepts. Right. And I know mm-hmm. that for e-commerce, you have to spend a fortune on marketing. 
Yeah. And it, at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're just putting, you're just providing a product which people can can maybe get directly from the manufacturer, um, and and that is 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 quite readily searchable. And they probably and they may be able to find it on somewhere like Amazon, you know, some of the bigger platforms. How are you going to compete? So you know, there are there are a number of of, of things like that, and and just having the ethics isn't isn't enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid you have to have some kind of, you know, USP, which which is really going to going to to bring people to 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 your your platform and or bring people to your product. And so, to an extent, I mean, that's informed the the, the investments because if you have a tech that's defensible, if you have patents, if you have something that's genuinely something that other people can't do, um, then that that obviously um, uh, you know gives your distinct advantage thanks how much involvement do you have in a business after you've invested it is it a case of you invest financially and then they go off and just do their own thing and maybe check in with you now and then to let you know how they're doing or are you involved in it in any other way like in terms of mentoring them or having any kind of say in the running of their business Mm. Yeah, it, it, it varies. It really depends on on the level and the stage of the investment. Um, I would say that um, yeah, the 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 uh, yeah the larger investments that I've made within companies which are earlier stage. So I have seeded um, a few companies um, uh, where I've been the only um, I've been the first investor or second investor let's say. Um, and generally, in, and in those cases, I've gone in with, with quite a large, you know, a larger percentage of the company yeah. and, uh, yeah. and have taken, um, you know, and have a director's position. Now, that obviously involves some responsibility and mm-hmm. it involves a much higher degree of um, contact with the, with the um, uh, company, certainly in terms of the information transfer from them, them to me, that, that has to obviously happen sort of legally that I have to be kept informed in what's going on in the business. There are certain things that they can't do without my con- consent, for example. Um, and, um, and, and and certainly in terms of helping the company, I have, you know, the, the uh, I and my, the, my co-investors have a, have a, um, you know, an interest in, in helping that company um, succeed. And, and so, you know, basically my entire sort of network is, is, is available for those for those companies and has been helpful in in respect of um, uh, follow on in investment um, into into the company um, when it's been expanding and that's that's something you know that that that, that I you know can can offer um, to to the to the other companies as as, as well um, it really yeah it really depends um, the, the 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 level involvement really depends on on um, how early stage the company is and how, how much they need from me. All of the companies come, can come to me and discuss anything about their business and I'll, and, I'll try and, and I'll try and help. But with some of them, because of the directorships, obviously I'm much more involved. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. That's good to know. Let's talk about Beyond Animal. So as well as doing all this amazing stuff that we've talked about, um, you've also created or co-created uh, the Beyond Animal platform, which, and I'll let you explain it, but in, in, 
how I see it, you can tell me if this is right, it's, an, it's a digital integrated platform. It's like a combination of a vegan Facebook and LinkedIn and an e-commerce and a jobs board and information and connection hub for all things related to the vegan lifestyle and animal advocacy. That's kind of my impression of it. But let me, you tell us about it in your own words, what it is and why you've started it. Yes, I mean, with that, we we have quite quite a sort of grand vision for for what what that 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 could be, um, and uh, and and what what you're seeing up there at the moment is 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 definitely a, a kind of MVP of um, of the you know of the product. It is a usable um, you know and and, and a, you know I think quite user friendly um, system for um, people to to connect to obviously to. To, to be registered to create a profile in the same way that they would on other uh, platforms to put as much as they want about themselves personally to create a business page um, and the, the rules essentially in terms of um, people I mean anybody can join the platform we don't have any kind of vegan pledge or anything that you know you have to sign um, you know to be vegan but we do we do expect people to be you know, to have a positive attitude, let's say, towards plant-based lifestyle and towards this transition and to the, the you know, helping the vegan economy grow is, is the essential aim of the, the, the platform. So, so um, you know, we do have rules around the kind of, you know, things that you might see on other platforms that, that are described as trolling, let's say. Um, <laughs> So um, it, it is, you know, at its core, the, the, the structure is, is like a social media platform. Um, but uh, with the business directory, um, vegan businesses or businesses which have vegan products that they're looking to promote can join. And, uh, and, uh, and obviously, if you don't have products, but you have a service, but you're a vegan company, you're, you know, your founders are vegan. The idea is if you're vegan, and I've had this situation in my, in my personal life as well, where maybe I've, you know, wanted to engage somebody to do a particular piece of work for me. Um, and if they've come to me and they're touting a, a fur coat and a, you know, design a vegan bag, do I really want to engage this person and give them my money when I know what it's going to be spent on? That was something that kind of really struck me from a personal aspect was that if I had any money to spend, I wanted it to go, you know, towards, uh, to go to people that, that were not, you know, perpetuating mm. the, um, you know, the animal exploitation that, that um, I was, uh, I was against. So, um, you know, so we had some branding, marketing, um, uh, website designers, etc. So there's, there's people like that also putting up their, their businesses too. Um, so that business director, I think, is useful both from the consumer's standpoint, but also from the perspective of other businesses. So if you're a business and you want to sell your product in XYZ country, maybe there's somebody who can help you with the marketing there, et cetera. So from a B2B um, perspective, also within the sort of supply chain of food, if you've got ingredients manufacturers, um, we've got uh, uh, some food labs on there, some uh, uh, co-manufacturers, et cetera. So we'd like to see everybody who's involved in plant-based or non-animal-based businesses join and connect with each other and be able to actually do business with each other mm. in order, in pursuance of this. And on the job side, we've just created the jobs board. Um, we, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, we feel that there is, there is an interest amongst people to also be able to, I'm, I don't know, quite unquote unlucky, uh, somewhat lucky to the extent that I've been able to, 
stop what I was doing in terms of working for a company and put a certain amount of time aside to create businesses and, and have a little bit of a runway to, to do that and to, to um, you know, hopefully, you know, have them become uh, successful and then allow me to, 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 to um, you know, to continue doing that. Um, we obviously, a lot of other people are, are, are having, you know, are, are employees and they, they would prefer to work for companies that, that share their values. And so we feel that there is a, a demand for the sort of vegan jobs or, or um, and, uh, and, and, and for people to, to feel that they're building something in their career, that their career has some, some purpose if they're working for, for example, a, you know, a company that's creating a meat alternative, they can feel, you know, happy about what they're doing on a, on a day-to-day basis. So that's, that's uh, just started up the jobs board. So I definitely encourage companies to post jobs um, on there. Um, and then aside from that, there's, uh, there's you know, forums for, for, um, for discussion. Our plans for the platform are, are more expansive than, than um, um, social media and, and really focus much more on uh, uh, verification um, of, uh, of, of vegan products. So what we're trying to do there is to increase the level of confidence in, in vegan products. At the moment, there's a lot of self-certification going on. There's a lot of different providers. We, we, we'd like to try and sort of, you know, tie that together in some way. Um, and, and, and we have, you know, further thoughts around traceability and sustainability and, and having that kind of information available. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other side of things is funding. So at the moment, you know, within the Beyond Impact, as I said, Precepts with that are the sustainable, the scalable, and the superior. But the scalable is is uh, it blocks off quite a lot of companies because I would not. I might really love to have a vegan bakery in the um, you know in the suburb where I live, um, or coffee shop or whatever where I could go and have a nice range of vegan cakes and a you know a coffee with almond milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, no, female must be female. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but I'm not going to invest in that. Not not within that that structure because that's not what the mandate is, and that's not really the mandate of any venture venture capital, um, which is where I'm kind of you know positioning the the thing in terms of the 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 growth potential. But those types of companies still deserve to exist, and they can be profitable businesses. They you know they they generate um, cash and they serve their local communities. Mm. And so mm-hmm. there are a lot of types of companies like that and taking equity positions probably doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if you're not going to get the growth equity is having a holding in the company. And if you don't see that the company is necessarily going to grow dramatically, it doesn't make, doesn't make so much sense. But other, other forms of financing are important for those companies to get them off the ground and to, to finance, for example, their, you know, just their working capital. So we are working on something in that area to 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 um to enable um more types of vegan companies to to get access to capital it shouldn't just be you know dominated by by the big boys or it shouldn't you know it shouldn't just be about um you know the latest sort of meat alternative that suddenly goes explodes around the globe that's great but um you know a lot of people would like to run their own vegan business but they don't necessarily have those ambitions but uh, still need yes. still have some capital needs um, and can provide a, a source of return, but but more of a, a sort of a you know interest like you know source of return rather than equity. 
Got it. I love that. That's fantastic. So, and obviously at the moment, as you say, it's, it's fairly new. What's been the uptake so far? Is there anything you can share on sort of how it's being received by the vegan and the animal rights community? Yeah, well, we've, yeah, well we're in the thousands in terms of numbers of people and in the hundreds in terms of businesses. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I think that the, um, you know, the, the growth is, is, is going to come. Potentially, there will be some kind of knock-on growth from, from what I'm doing in the investing side, you know, with, with the, 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 the brand becoming better known um, from that because I'm using the same branding um, across, across all of the different um, platforms. Um, and it is a name that I've been using for several years as, as well. Clearly, um, I'm uh, conscious that uh, that there's another company out there with the name Beyond, but it is some. But actually, there's yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the vegan space, I mean, there's a uh, you know the the burger company has become extremely successful, um, and is going on from strength to strength, which is absolutely fabulous. And they um, that company, you know, and and and, and in, in terms of the portfolios, you can imagine the listed equity portfolios that we're that we're running. You know, we'll have that. Uh, we'll we'll have that company. Um, um, you know, within within the portfolio. So, um, we'd like to see more of those companies. Obviously, um, the they're, they're, they're by no means the only one that's using that that brand. Actually, though, yeah. um, or that name in terms of the the, the naming. There's a sushi. Um, yes. Or in Manhattan, which, yes. is, uh, which has been going for several years, yeah. a, a, a um, vegan shoe company in the UK that's been going for yes. some years yes. that's using that yeah. brand as well, uh, that that name as well. So um, it's uh, it's uh, you know <laughs> maybe we just all all had a similar kind of idea um, that 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 it was sort of um, a, a, a you know a good way of of, of envisioning a, a different kind of future. Um, where mm-hmm. where all of these types of products, um, you know, and services could be made, could be made vegan, could be could be um, provided to to consumers and to investors without without um, animal exploitation. Yeah. And so that's really the, mm-hmm. the key thing. And if that is, becomes a kind of shorthand for, you know, a vegan and sustainable uh, company, I mean, that's that's really what we're driving what we're driving out with with. Yeah. With the, the naming that we, you know, having chosen, um, you know, that that name some years ago, um, and uh, and um, you know, and, and and because I see a, a bigger vision, I have, you know, many other domains available to me to create other businesses within within this area, or to work with other people that would would like yeah. to to work with us. Cool. What's next? What's kind of in the long term for you and your brand? In terms of the businesses, we have you know growth plans for 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 the the businesses for you know the investment side to expand across you know different geographies, different types of products to work with other providers to to create the ability to, for people to have you know fully ethical um, pensions and insurance etc. You know around around the this this uh, um, you know the, the the philosophy that we've uh, developed. Um, obviously, to continue to to put money into companies, and, and as the companies are growing, uh, the the my my plan um, with with the Beyond Impact is is to is to be uh, running larger pools of money in order to help that that growth. As the company grows, the amount of money that they need grows. And, yeah, of course. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you know, there's there's a there's a need for further investment there, and and you know, with with an existing portfolio that. Uh, 
um, you know, is is already doing doing you know pretty well. Hopefully, people will will consider will, will consider you know adopting the same approach. Um, the uh, beyond animal definitely would will 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 expand and and, and can expand. The, one of the things about the tech business is obviously that it can be pretty infinitely expandable um, to the extent that anybody has a phone and, and, and wants to register and and uh, and start being active on on the platform, sharing information, activists, you know, collaborating together, people within food science collaborating. We're setting up different groups, investor collaboration. You know, so you know, there's there's so much that people can do all within this theme. So it's mm. mission driven, um, and that's that's very important. Uh, with the beyond cruelty, um, yeah, I would I would I would like to to uh, you know that has a uh, that has a um, in its statutes it has animal advocacy, its own campaigns, also supporting other people's campaigns. So you know, we'd like to see charities come onto beyond animal platform, for example, and and also. You know, we will make calls, obviously, for 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 um, proposals that, that that people might might want to, to finance, as well as as well as our own campaigns. Um, I, I would really I would really like the 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 you know the whole sort of vegan theme and and the the the, the cause of vegan veganism to be so so much more kind of aspirational in a way um, than than it's been perceived. Yeah. Throughout my entire life, it's always been perceived as, oh, but I couldn't give up that. Oh, yes. how do you do that? Yeah. And with all of the new products, there's a kind of, well, I don't, you don't have to anymore. If it means that much to you, you don't have to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you can feel so much healthier as a result, and the environment can be so much cleaner as a result. Um, and you, you don't, I mean, even if, even if you don't realize it, I think people have it on their conscience. Even if they they try and deny it, maybe they still have it on their conscience. And I think you feel better about the way the way you're living as as well. That you you know you you can feel more comfortable in yourselves. Um, you don't have to yeah. kind of like justify or try and rationalize. Oh well, we've always used animals. Oh well, that's what they're here for. Oh, well, you know all of these sort of things. It's kind of like what well, would you wouldn't you feel a whole lot better if you if you didn't didn't have to sort of you know create those those kind of reasons or, or you know half of the time when I hear people justifying not being vegan I'm kind of like are you trying to persuade me or are you trying to persuade yourself <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point I'm really not not sure when I hear all the you know when they come out with all the, these arguments it's like yeah I think I think my existence is a kind of an affront to some to to to, to, to some people um you know that that you know there's kind of living proof of and I'm not by, by far, you know, I'm not the only one. There's this, you know, number of people, even people who've been vegan their entire lives. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, so, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's something very, very positive. Um, and yeah. um, So that's that's what the foundation is about, is, is, is really about going beyond cruelty and into a, a, a you know, a, a whole a whole different kind of world where, where people can be kinder and more compassionate to each other. Wonderful. I love that. As I say, I think that's been, it's amazing that there are, the face of veganism is changing as well. It's like, because we come in all shapes and sizes, ages, looks, etc. And now industries, because I think it's, it's great. There's people like yourself, Lee Coates, who's a mutual friend of ours, who calls himself Mr. Establishment, um, because, and, and, and Philip Wallen and all these others, Sebastiano, you know, in Switzerland, and people are kind of like, they can't dismiss vegans as just being kind of 
weird hippie types, nothing wrong with hippies or anything, but I think it's really great that this is really kind of just coming together so much and it's amazing what you're doing. Um, it, you've shared a, a heck of a lot of, of inspiration and, and information here, which has been really great. So thank you so much for speaking with me, Claire. Oh, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for, um, for inviting me. Appreciate that. So that was Claire Smith from Beyond Investing. You can find out more at beyondinvesting.com. And that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 129. Now for some vegan business news highlights. A vegan food hall has opened in Miami, reports the Miami Herald. In what it claims is a world first, V-Shops features eight concepts, including the original choices, which serves burritos, bowls and breakfast, next generation pizza, Southern Soul Garden Barbecue, Tank Burger Bar, Morning Glory Organic Coffee, My Brother's Bakery, Neo's Blender, which sells smoothies, and Ice Dream Parlour. Husband and wife team Alex Suavis and Laurie Zito own all the concepts at V-Shops and its director of operations, Rose Flynn, is a vegan of 40 years. Flynn says that deciding on the recipes is the most challenging part of putting together a vegan food hall. So to make sure that the meat substitutes were up to scratch, V-Shops got meat eaters to work on the recipes since the majority of customers are not vegan. So again, we're seeing more and more people who are not yet vegan happy to frequent vegan eateries. And it says a lot that an all-vegan food hall is attracting mostly non-vegans, or pre-vegans as I like to call them. Let's hope we see more vegan food halls across the globe because, of course, we want these to be the default so that all food halls ditch animal products and replace them with plant-based alternatives. A refillable vegan deodorant brand has made its debut in Target stores, reports Veg News. Myro, which launched last year as a subscription service, says its products use 50% less plastic than traditional deodorants. The deodorant is available in Target in both the men's and women's aisles and comes in colourful packaging in five coloured container and scent combinations. Scent pod refills can be purchased separately and mixed and matched with the coloured containers. Myro founder and CEO Greg Leptevsky said having their products available in Target gives the brand the ability to scale its mission to do positive things for people and planet. So this is a good example of a relatively new brand being able to quickly add an extra business model from subscription to large-scale retail. And it's good to see large retailers such as Target continuing to be open to stocking both vegan and sustainable products. Fantastic. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. 
I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.